Just give an invitation. Pretty simple. Jesus paid every penny for you and I to redeem us and to save us. Oh, what a prize. Solomon said in Proverbs 31, speaking of the virtuous woman, that and her children shall arise up and call her blessed. I'm truly blessed. Uh, along the way, there's been several women that have been like mothers to me. Uh, one was Maureen Goodman. Uh, I love Ma. She godly woman. That woman prayed for me. Oh my goodness, she shed tears for me. And then there was Ma Collum. Same thing. And Sister Peggy Allgood. I considered her like a mom. She's good to me. But I'm thankful that God has still blessed me with the greatest mom in the world sitting there. And I'd get in trouble if I didn't say that. (laughs) But she is my mom and I love her with all my heart and I'm blessed. And not only do I love her, I want to say this. I love the mother of my children. I have been blessed. And you know, the love of a mother is not only deep and unique, but it is one of the strongest loves. In fact, I'll go ahead and say it. Next to the love of God for us, nothing compares to the love of a mother here on earth. And I'm thankful that our mothers loved us. And those of us that are here, I thank you for loving your children. You know, when God made Adam and Eve in the garden, and notice I said Adam and Eve, in the garden. There was that union between male and female and they become one. And God told Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply. And that's exactly what they did. And I'm sure Eve, when Cain was born, just loved him. I mean, there's, you know, I can love my children. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. And I do love my children. But I can't love them the way their mother loves them. Because it's a special bond between a mother and a child. Amen. And thank God for that. Thank God for that. Now, turn your Bibles to 1 Samuel, chapter 1. Familiar story, and I'm not going to say that I'm going to be long-winded, but I'm not going to say that I'm not going to be long-winded, okay? I'm just warning you. But turn to 1 Samuel. I think we have a wonderful role model for a mother here in this passage. 1 Samuel, chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. Now, there was a certain man of Ramatham, 
Zophim of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, an Aphrathite. Boy, aren't those great names. Wouldn't you all like to be called those today? And he had two wives. I'll stop right there and just say, what was he thinking? He had two wives. And the name of the one was Hannah. And the name of the other was Peninnah. And Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Peninnah his wife and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But Hannah, he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had shut up her womb. And her adversary also provoked her sore for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. And then Elkanah, her husband, to her, then said Elkanah, her husband to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? Why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am not I better to thee than ten sons? So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by the post of the temple of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for this time, Lord, that we can come together in your house and in your name to worship you and to praise you, Lord, for your goodness, your mercy, and your amazing grace. And Father, we come to you this morning thanking you for all of our mothers, the influence they've had on us, Lord, what they mean to us, the blessings they have been to us, Lord, the sacrifices they have made for us, Lord, the example they set for us. And Father, we thank thee for all of the mothers And Lord, we ask now as I break the bread of life, you bring to my memory those things I've studied, you've laid upon my heart. Let me preach with boldness and authority your truths. Father, I ask that you please feed your people, speak to hearts. Lord, if there's decisions that need to be made concerning you, that when the invitation is given by your Holy Spirit, they'll respond. Again, Father, be the sick, the afflicted, those it's hard to do to pray for. And may everything that is said and done today glorify you. Forgive us of our sins. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Hannah was a woman that was barren. She couldn't have children. The Lord had shut up her womb. And back then, during that time, if a woman's womb was shut by the Lord, that was a reproach 
because all women wanted to bear children. Now, it ain't like it is today, where now the majority of women don't want nothing to do with children. And that's a sad state. Amen. But here was Hannah, and she had her husband, Elkanah, and she had, almost sounds like a Mormon, sister wife, Peninnah. And Peninnah had all of these children. But Hannah, again, was barren, and Peninnah used to throw that up in her face. She used to cause her to fret. She used to cause her lots of problems because what would happen is Peninnah would say, when they'd go to the temple, look at how blessed I am. I've got all of these kids and look at you. I don't know how he loves you. But the Bible says that Elkanah loved Hannah. And he didn't make any difference between them two. What he blessed Peninnah with and the children, he blessed her with. But again, notice, here is a woman that is barren. And she wants a child more than anything. I'm thankful I had a mother that wanted her children. Amen. I'm very thankful to God for that. But the sad thing that grieves my heart is there's a lot of children. Their mamas didn't want them. And they were either disposed of in the womb. Or they were left for adoption. And don't get me wrong, I'd much rather see a child adopted into a loving, godly family than to ever be aborted. So I'm for adoption. And, and folks, some of you maybe have adopted. Thank you. God bless you. And that may not be your child from the birth process, but you are still their parent. Amen? Now, I want us to look, though. Jump down to verse 10. We're going to pick up a little bit. I want you to look at the desire that Hannah possessed because she desired a child. Beginning in verse 10, and it says, And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord And wept sore. Now, understand, she was bitterness of soul. In other words, her heart was broken. She had pain in her heart because she was barren. She couldn't have children. And the Bible says that she wept sore. Now, Hannah could have said, well, since I'm barren... God, I'm angry with you. God, I'm bitter. And I've seen it so many times when something happens in our families. There's a tragedy or something. We see our loved ones become bitter and angry at God. She could have chose to have been that way, but she didn't do that. See, this is what I love about Hannah. She went right to the source. She went right to God and she prayed and asked God for a son. 
Can I go ahead and tell you, God's the only one that can help us. He's the only one that we can turn to. And life is not easy. All of us have difficulties. I wish it wasn't that away, but it's just that away. But I have learned that I may not understand the what force. I may not understand the whys. But I know this. It may not turn out the way I think it should be or I want it to be. But I know this. As long as I'm trusting God, I'm walking by faith, serving Him, it will work out for my good. Even if I don't like it. Amen? But I would never be bitter or angry with God. Because God sees down the road. And what God does for us is for our best. Notice. She was of bitterness and soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the afflictions of thine handmaid and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but wilt give unto thy handmaid a man-child. Then will I give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. Now, interesting to note, the very thing that she wants in life, the very thing that she's praying to God for, she's willing to give it up. That takes a lot there. That tells you the character that Hannah had. Lord, please, if you'll remember me, and by the way, can I tell you something? God remembers every one of us. If you belong to him, he's got his best interest at heart for you and I. Understand, if you'll remember me, Lord, and give me a man-child, Lord, then I will give him to you, and I will dedicate him to you, and nothing's going to touch his hair, because she set him apart for God's use. That was the vow of a Nazarite. You see, they had to grow their hair. They couldn't cut their hair. They couldn't drink wine. Not only could they not drink wine, but they couldn't have anything to do with grapes. See, the customs back then is they would take vinegar and pour it over the grapes. And they would drink that throughout the day. Now, I know that they say that vinegar has some medicinal purposes to it. I don't know about that. I, ain't, I don't like vinegar. I don't like the taste of it. Lori buys that, what is it, apple cider vinegar? I watch her drink that stuff. It makes my lips draw up. I can't stand that stuff. But understand, that's what they were, they couldn't have anything. And by the way, here's what breaks my heart. No peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. (laughs) Amen. No, No peanut butter and grape jelly sandwiches. That would be hard, brother. Amen, sister. But she dedicated him to God. Lord, give me my petition. Let me ask you, when's the last time you 
got down to the nitty gritty and said, God, give me my petition. Not you won't. But God, my my petition, if you will give me a son, I promise I will dedicate him to the service of the Lord. Well, that's quite a prayer. Now notice what it says. Jump down to verse 22. You know what? Let's look at 17 real quick. Eli was there to post. And the Bible says that if you'll read a little bit before and after. The Bible says Eli watched Hannah pray. And he could see her mouth moving, but he couldn't hear anything and he literally thought she was drunk I sure am thankful my mother wasn't a drunk thank God for that her son was but her my mother wasn't what an example and I thank you for that mom And it said, Eli said in verse 17, and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. Understand, Hannah prayed and asked for a son. And she had faith in God, and she trusted God would give her a son. And Eli brought confirmation that, yes, Your petition is going to be answered. Now, she could have doubted God. She could have said, well, I hope so. But no, she had sure, fire, faith in God. Let me ask you this morning, how about your faith? You see, without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that cometh unto God must believe that he is and the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You see, Hannah had diligent faith. How do I know that? Look at verse 18. And she said, let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. Understand, she was brokenhearted. Every time they went to the temple, yearly, she would go and she would just cry. She was miserable. Her heart was broken. She literally had pain in her heart because Panina was always saying, Ha, I've got children, you don't. But now she turns to the only one that can help her, and that's God. She's not bitter. She's not angry. She just exercises her faith, and she prays. God, give me a son, and I'll give him back to you. But give me your handmaid, a child. And then look at what the Bible says. Verse 22. But Hannah... Went not up, for she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned. And then will I bring him, that he may appear before the Lord, 
and there abide forever. First of all, God answered prayer. She, she became pregnant. She had a son. Guess what his name was? Samuel. Samuel. And by the way, what a servant of God. What a servant of God. I'm sure she never envisioned when she made that vow and that commitment to God that Samuel would be one of the greatest prophets of God for all of history. So she tells Elkanah, it's time to go back to the temple. And she tells him, I will not go up with the child until he is weaned. And of course, Elkanah, whatever you want to do, that's fine with me. But he continued to go yearly to the temple to offer sacrifice and do as God. But understand, not only do I admire her faith, but I also admire her patience. You see, it took a lot of patience, but understand the reason... Why she was patient with Samuel because she wanted one to spend time with him. Amen. I'm sure every bit of time that she had with her young son until he was weaned was a great time for her with her child. But secondly, she wanted to instruct him in the ways of the Lord. And when I talk about Hannah's patience, I want to thank you mothers and you dads for your patience also because when it comes to rearing children, you got to have a lot of patience, amen, and endurance. I tell you, my poor mother, lots of patience, lots of endurance. I hope I have half of that, amen, because it takes a lot of those two characteristics. To raise children. And especially if you're going to raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And we need mothers today with patience and endurance that are willing to be an example. Our homes are in bad shape today. Most kids are allowed to do anything they want. Go anywhere do anything, see anything, because mom and dad just get out of our hair. Don't want to deal with them. If it wasn't for endurance and patience on the part of our mothers, would we even be here this morning? I shudder to think. But notice something Also, remember Hannah when she said, Lord, give me a child. And if you give me a child, I'm going to make a commitment to you and I'm going to make a vow to you. I will give that child to your service all the days of his life. Not just for a set amount of time. All right, Lord, I'm going to give you five years. And then I'm going to get my son. No, she said for all his life. 
And by the way, the vow of a Nazarite, it depended on what the vow was. You could have said 10 years, 20 years, and that would have completed the vow, and then you would have had to have shaved your head and burnt your hair and offer a sacrifice. And that would have been the end of it. But no, she said, I will make sure a razor never touches his head. I will dedicate him fully to you, and I will give him to you, Lord, if you'll just answer my prayer. She truly made a commitment and a vow. Now, I want to ask you, when's the last time you kept your commitment to the Lord? When's the last time you paid your vow that you promised God? Isn't it amazing? We know to go to God when there's an issue. Those of us that are Christians, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt, we got to get to God. But this is what's amazing to me. When God answers prayer, he comes through. It's like we forget all about it. God, help us to remember. God, help us to be faithful to our commitment. God, help us to be faithful to our vows. And I'll get in trouble, but I'll say it anyways. If you call Jesus... Your Savior, you invited Him into your heart. You called Him to be your Savior. You committed your life for the rest of your life to serving the Master. Amen? It's a vow. And the psalmist said, hey, better not to vow, vow, than to vow, vow, not pay it. So, again, Hannah was a woman of faith and a woman of her word, a woman of deed. Praise God for moms that are women of faith and women of deed by living out that faith in front of their children. Amen? I'm thankful. Now, look at what he says in verse 24. 25. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bullocks and one ephah of flour and a bottle of wine and brought him under the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young and they slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli. Now, Understand, God heard her prayer and answered it. She had a child. The child was finally weaned, and she kept her word. And her and Alkanah and everybody went to the temple. And they brought three bullocks. And they brought wine and flour, which was common back then, for sacrifice. Why? Because they come to offer a sacrifice of praise to God for his faithfulness. And beloved, you and I have a lot to praise the Lord for. Amen? If you're a mother and you are blessed with children, you have a lot to praise the Lord for. Even if you don't have children, sister, brother, you're still blessed. 
And most of all, we're blessed because the Lord saved us. So here they are, offering a sacrifice and praising the Lord for His faithfulness. Our children here at Lone Mountain, I hope as they grow up in this church, they come to the realization that we here at Lone Mountain have taught them how to worship and praise God. Amen? I pray, and I'll make it simple. If we don't show them how to worship and praise the Lord, how are they going to know? It's important. Moms, dads, grandparents, aunts, uncles, all of us need to teach our children to worship and praise the Lord. So, this is what the Bible says. Look at the next verse. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I ask. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord, as long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord, and he worshipped the Lord there. You see, the bottom line is... She kept her end of the deal, her vow, her commitment. And she presented him to Eli, the prophet, the priest. Understand, God answered her prayer. How many of us today can say God has answered our prayer? Once? Thank you. Continually. Every day. God is faithful. And because he's faithful, that should give you and me reason to worship him and praise him. That should give you and me reason to serve him faithfully. Let's look at chapter 2. Let's look at the delight of Hannah in her song or her prayer. Look at chapter 2 and verse 1. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. Notice her song of rejoicing. You see, she had a lot to rejoice for because God answered her prayer. You and I have a lot to rejoice for. We should rejoice in his love for us and his power and his grace. And if you aren't rejoicing 
in those things, examine your heart. There's more to rejoice about than just what I stated. But those things are very important. And then notice what she rejoices for. Look at the rest of verse 1. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. See, all of us. If you're saved, you should rejoice in your salvation. It shouldn't be something that we have to pull out of you. God has to pull out of you. It should be something that you should want to do. Our salvation. And I tell you what, I'll ask you this morning. When's the last time you sung a song? Thanking God for your salvation. You see, if you're a born-again child of God, that song's there. If it's not there, examine your heart. But when's the last time you sung that song? Lord, you redeemed me. Lord, you've embraced me into your everlasting arms. Lord, I will spend eternity With you, I have nothing to fear because you're with me always. But thank you for saving a wretch like me. Thank you for wiping out my sins, cleansing me with your blood, accepting me as your heir, as your child. You see, Hannah rejoiced in her salvation. You say, how do you know? That's the Old Testament. How were they saved? Like me and you. Just like me and you. Only they had to look to the time the Messiah would come. We today are looking back to his coming and sacrifice. They were looking forward to his coming and sacrifice. But listen. She trusted God. She was a woman of faith. You can't be person of faith and not have a personal relationship with Jesus. Amen? And then one last thing. Look at verse 2. There is none holy as the Lord. For there is none beside thee. Neither is there any rock like our God. You see, Hannah realized there was no one but the Lord. There was no one that compared to her God. And beloved, can I remind you, we serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Can I remind you that there is none like him. He is the true and living God. Talking about a song, that's a pretty good song. Understand this morning in close. I believe Hannah was a perfectly sound role model for all mothers to follow today. She had faith, she prayed, she knew who to turn to when she had an issue. 
It was to God. Don't turn to man. Man will fail you every time. You turn to God. She made a commitment and she kept that commitment. And because of her faith, God rewarded her. I don't know when the last time it was that you've examined your heart to make sure that you belong to the Lord. But I would urge you to do that. Maybe you're here and you know you don't have the faith of Hannah. Maybe you know you're not saved. Can I remind you this morning? You don't have to stay in that condition. You can come and know the Lord personally and intimately as your personal Savior. Call on him, and he'll be there to answer. Maybe you made a commitment and a vow, but you hadn't kept your end of the bargain. You know, if you'll come and ask the Lord to forgive you and to help you to stay committed to the vow you made, he'll give you grace and he'll give you strength to carry out that commitment. So what's God saying to your heart this morning? Again, all of you moms, thank you. Thank you. I'm thankful for my mother. And girls, y'all did a good job. You had me sniffling. But that was from the heart. Maybe there's someone here this morning that has made an impact on your life as a mother figure. It would be all right after we get done with the invitation for you to go to them and say thank you. I love you and I appreciate you because that's what Mother's Day is all about. Whatever God is telling you to do, do it. Let's stand, please. Bow our heads. Father, as we come again, we thank you.